apologize in advance that this is not really going to be a Bible study per se, or um, strictly speaking, a prophecy update. Um, however, with conditions as they are in regard to um, uh, the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and some of the practical implications that we may uh, see coming of that, it, I felt a bit compelled just to take a moment uh, and, and to talk about some things that you might consider in the days ahead. Now, the danger in talking about the things I'm going to talk about, again, kind of briefly, it's not going to be an ongoing, a long thing, but the danger in talking about some of these things that I want to talk about is that it can sound very alarmist, very skies falling, and that kind of thing. But I don't want it to be that, and it shouldn't be that. But rather, I think we should take a good look at what's going on around us. And like Joseph, uh, in, in helping, uh, you know, at the time when he was in Egypt, helping them prepare for uh, the upcoming, uh, you know, uh, situation that was about to hit them where they were going to have years of famine and then years, you know, years of plenty and then years of famine and that kind of thing. Uh, and, and of course, with all the scriptures have to say about the wisdom of uh, of preparing for things and all of that. Uh, we balance that with walking by faith and everything, but there is no conflict between the idea of walking in faith and walking in wisdom. And so we are trusting that God will take care of us uh, as he would choose to, but we also recognize the importance and the wisdom in preparing for things that we see going on. So what I'd like to talk about today is really in that spirit. And that is the idea of recognizing the potential issues we might face in regard to uh, shortages of things and how do you prepare for that a little bit. Well, I'm not a survivalist or an expert on this kind of thing, but I will maybe in a way, maybe there's, there's something about that that will make this more palatable and receivable. Um, I'm not an extremist by any means. I'm not walking in fear. I'm not um, like that. But uh, I would, uh, I do feel a certain, uh, again, compunction to sort of just mention a few things that you might think about and, and encourage you to do some things that you can do for the days ahead. Now, I live in Tennessee, uh, and I say that because when there's even the slightest discussion about snow, uh, you could literally go to the grocery store and just watch as people go to the shelves and clear off all the water and all the supplies as if they're not going to be able to get food for months or something. Um, it's kind of fun to watch, actually, in a way. But it's it's uh, it's a reaction to uh, the possibility of of you know inclement weather, and so it causes people to act in a way that is probably a little overdoing it. Well, if we consider what's going on uh, with Russia and Ukraine, um, you've no doubt, if you've been following it, you're aware of the fact that Russia essentially has its hand on a faucet to a you know to a pipeline for. Uh, for oil, natural gas, for natural gas, and of course they're an exporter of oil as well. But a lot of Europe is beholden to them for that. Uh, in concert with that, our own uh, current administration uh, basically uh, shut down most all of our energy production uh, in an effort to sort of um, reward the the you know without trying to sound too overly political, I'm probably too late, but you know the uh, the left leaning you know, environmental side of the Democratic Party. And so pipelines are shut down, various kinds of uh, act activities are going on to try and change fundamentally our, our, our dependence upon, uh, or our independence and therefore now dependence upon 
others to provide our, our energy for us. Well, you know, if, if the conflict in the Middle East can, or in the, uh, uh, around Russia and Ukraine continues, and there are lots of different scenarios that may unfold from this that have practical implications for not just that region, but really for the world. Um, what I mean is basically this. If, uh, if the supply of gas, just as one element, if, if the supply of gas or oil is curtailed uh, in, in any reasonably significant way, that has a domino effect. Um, the way it's described is basically we're going to see prices go up at the gas pump. Well, that's just one thing. You know, we'll see it go up when we go to the gas station to fill up our cars with, with gas. But that also means that things like shipping, things like, um, you know, freight being moved around, ships moving around, uh, the price, uh, the cost of doing those kinds of things is going to skyrocket as well, which means that it may become, uh, you may start to notice that some of those things are not being uh, uh, delivered, that maybe food that gets to the grocery stores may not be as plentiful as they were yesterday. Um, um, you know, that, and you can just imagine all the different avenues that that might be true. So. When I say that we wanna consider what's going on around us and prepare accordingly, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, my personal sense is that it would not be an ongoing thing, but um, it may be something that affects our ability to get some basic necessities um, uh, for some period of time, a month or two, or maybe three. Uh, you know, some people in the world live with that all the time, but here in America or in the West in general, we generally don't. Uh, deal with those kinds of things. And so um, it would behoove us to think a little bit in advance, again, thinking sort of along the lines of a Joseph, to be wise about what our needs could be and what we might do to sort of, um, you know, uh, lessen the impact of that as we move forward. And so with that in mind, I just want to suggest a few things that you would consider doing. And again, I don't mean this to sound alarmist, but, you know, a good friend of mine uh, made, suggested something one time. He said, you know, it's always a good idea to have about three months worth of food in your house. Um, and you can do that without being a hoarder, without running out today and buying everything off the shelves. But you might consider over the next few weeks, as you go to the grocery store, pick up a few extra days worth of food and that kind of thing. Bottled water, that kind of thing. Um, stuff that you need, not just all kinds of luxury items, but just stuff that you need. Let me also interject this as well. This is what I found myself doing when I was shopping the other day. I thought, well, you know, if something happens where uh, electricity goes out for some period of time, well, I don't wanna just, I don't wanna only have lots of food in a freezer, which, you know, we happen to have a deep freezer. I'm not a, a hunter or anything, but as it turned out, a neighbor was moving and, and sold it to me super cheap, so we got one. And so we've got it stocked full of all kinds of frozen goods, including, you know, um, ground beef and turkey and, you know, meats and stuff like that. Uh, we have that kind of thing, but we use it for general purposes. But that being said, um, you might consider um, not only getting some things to put in your freezer, but if power does go out and it becomes difficult to keep things frozen or even cold, you might think about how you would cook if you didn't have a stove or an oven or a microwave. Uh, what kind of food you'd want to have accessible to you that doesn't require lots of refrigeration. Uh, and so with that in mind, uh, you know, we have a grill, a charcoal grill, uh, which, um, you know, if you stock up on propane or whatever, I, and for my part, uh, I've got a bunch of bags of charcoal in the garage. Uh, and so we've got a, 
fire pit. We also have a little portable thing we can move around, but I've also got a grill. Uh, and so uh, I'm thinking, okay, well, what kinds of foods can I cook in a pan or a pot on, a, on the top of a grill? And so I, you know, um, we've got various kinds of canned goods and such that we can cook tons of soup, we can cook a bunch of canned kinds of foods, again, on a, uh, in a pot or on a, on a pan that we could cook on a grill. You know, cooking is essentially, for those of you who are thinking, well, how do you cook without a microwave? Cooking is essentially fire, you know, heat and time. And so you can, you can cook most things uh, on a grill if you had to. You can make cowboy coffee in a pot on a grill and that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I, I say all that just really, and this is going to be pretty brief by comparison to most of my videos, but um, I just want to put this out here as just kind of a prod to have you start thinking a little bit about what you might do if the power went out. You don't want to think about that when the power goes out. You want to be thinking about it before the power goes out. It's kind of like the old adage, when did Noah build the ark? Before the rain, right? So um, for our part, uh, and again, I know this sounds like, you know, extremist, you know, survivalist kind of a thing. I really don't mean it to. And, and for any actual extremist and survivalist, you're laughing when I said that because, you know, I'm not nearly that. But but I do think it's wise. I do think it's very prudent for us to consider some of those kinds of things. Um, what kinds of things would I need to have in that event? Uh, and also, let me throw this in here as well. I don't think you have to go out and buy all kinds of you know, survivalist kinds of things. But I would stock up on things that are maybe non-perishables or have uh, far out ex uh, expiration dates, but stuff that you would use anyway. Again, we've got tons of cans of soup. Well, I eat soup anyway. I didn't buy, I didn't buy tons of soup that'll go bad. I'll, I'll eat it before it goes bad anyway. So if we, turns out we get through this whole season uh, and and we don't end up, you know, needing all this stuff in an emergency kind of a scenario. It's the kind of stuff that you could eat anyway, you know. So think about those kinds of things. Write down a list and go to the grocery store. And, you know, and, and in particular, if you're part of a Sam's Club where you can buy in bulk and it's less expensive or go somewhere where it's inexpensive, where you can spend a little bit more money, uh, you know, where you can buy more things with your dollar going a little further. But, but start thinking in those terms. Again, I think just as a practical thing, regardless of whether or not we're even considering the prophetic implications of it, as just a general practice, if it's possible for you, it's good to have some things uh, stocked up just in case of an emergency. We also have tornadoes come through here. Now, we've never been personally affected by it, but you know, what if something happened where it wasn't even just you, but your neighbors needed something? You'd be able to come and, and share that with them. You'd be prepared in a way that they might not be. Uh, and I think as believers, it's good for us to have that mindset underneath it. And this isn't about just hoarding for yourself, but it also is an opportunity for you to be able to provide for those that may not be able to provide. Um, you may have an elderly neighbor or two in, in, uh, in your neighborhood, and they're not thinking in terms of this. And even if they were, their, their fixed income may not allow them to do that. And so this becomes your opportunity to uh, put hands and feet to the gospel as you, as you share it. And of course, as we're talking about these things, I want to make sure we don't move far away from the fact that at the end of the day, our job, uh, our, our responsibility, I don't want to just say our privilege, it is our privilege, but I want to say also our responsibility as believers is to think beyond ourselves and to consider how we might be vessels of the gospel, uh, instruments in God's hand in times of crisis. 
uh, I am very, very blessed to hear of stories uh, coming out of Ukraine uh, of people in the church using this as an opportunity for the gospel and to be there to, you know, to physically and practically serve uh, those around them in need. I think it's wise for us to be thinking in all of these terms, uh, much like they would have in the first century. You'll remember how in the time of the book of Acts, you had, um, you had, you know, people that were, you know, ostracized from their communities and that because they were following Jesus now. If you were Jewish, you were following this cult leader and so you were cast out. If you were a, a Gentile and you weren't bending the knee to Caesar, you were generally unable to, you know, function in society as freely as you would if you were bowing the knee to Caesar. And so you relied on the church uh, for your, you know, your weekly, you know, sustenance. Paul addresses this in his letters to the Corinthians. Uh, the idea of providing for one another in love feasts or potlucks, as we would say, it may very well be that that a time comes, and we've generally talked about this in sort of a um, you know worst case scenario kind of a thing. Well, the time may come where the church has to go underground, even here in America. Well, that I believe that I believe that could totally happen, and uh, but I think that even in the the nearer uh, uh, scenario, it's possible that we may have lots of opportunity to help each other out and even to put again hands and feet to the gospel through our preparations for what we see potentially coming. Now it could be, I alluded to this a second ago, but it could be that at some point Putin just decides to just stop. I don't know why he would necessarily. Uh, maybe he'll start to see some resistance and back off and this whole thing may just come to an end uh, all of a sudden. You just, you know, I've been around long enough to see history sort of in the ebb and flow of various events. Uh, this could be like that, where all of a sudden it just simmers down and it doesn't turn into everything that we're talking about. Uh, you know, on the other hand, things might ramp up and then all of a sudden it's everything we're talking about and more. I just think there's a certain wisdom in taking a look at the landscape and doing practical things that can help you be ready for it. You're not lacking faith by walking in wisdom. Now, if you start thinking that you, that, that God is not going to be the one who ultimately provides help and and provision, that kind of thing, I think that's foolish. I think that is lacking faith. We should trust God. But there is nothing God-honoring and walking in foolishness either. And I think there is a fine line there that we want to pray about and consider what our convictions would lead us toward, our biblically rooted convictions would lead us to do in these times. So please understand this in the spirit in which it's given. Uh, I, I don't want to strike fear. Might have missed the mark on that, hopefully not. But I don't want to strike fear. But I do want to encourage uh, any who I can have influence on, just simply to walk in wisdom, to recognize what's going on around us and, and recognize that someday uh, the Bible talks pretty clearly about the conditions of the world in the days leading up to Christ's return. Well, you know, we shouldn't think that none of that will affect us. Now, I do think the rapture could come at any moment. I don't expect to see the Antichrist. Uh, turns out my theology is wrong on that. I'm cool changing my theology to accommodate um, what, you know, what's going on as it lines up scripturally. But that being said, just because I think the rapture could happen before I finish this video doesn't mean that if it doesn't come, I shouldn't be thinking about taking care of my family, providing for neighbors and friends, people in church, obviously, as people have need and that kind of thing. I just, again, think it, it is important for us to both walk by faith and walk in wisdom, both of which are strongly encouraged in scripture. So there you go. For what it's worth, uh, if you have comments on that or suggestions or any of that kind of stuff, 
uh, please feel free to leave them in the comments section in that and uh, share them with us in that. But again, the goal is not to get people scared to death and go and hoard everything off the shelves. That's not what I'm saying at all, because in doing that, you could be hurting others as well. But I do think that there's wisdom in little by little starting to just have some things prepared just in case. Uh, and God help us to walk in wisdom, you know, and to trust him when the supplies, if the supplies run out, if the shelves are bare. Um, you know, uh, I think about George Mueller. If you're not familiar with George Mueller, you should you should become uh, familiar with him. Um, but he has written, uh, he's, he's a, a saint of old, um, you know, back in the uh, 1800s. Uh, I believe it was the 18, not, I don't think it was as far as 1700s, I think it was the 1800s into the early 1900s, where um, this is a guy who uh, wanted to trust the Lord for everything. And he made it a point, as a matter of fact, he was, he was in charge of running orphanages. And, but he had made sort of a pact with the Lord that he wasn't going to tell anybody about his needs. Uh, he was just going to tell the Lord. And so the, he would just completely rely on the Lord to supply all of his needs. Uh, and he did in miraculous ways. One of the most famous of those stories is that uh, the cupboards were bare. There was no milk or meat for the kids and everything. And he told the servants to go ahead and set the table and have the kids help set the table and everything. And they got together on the table and began to pray and thank God for the provision he was going to provide, even though they hadn't seen it yet. Well, as they're praying, all of a sudden there's a knock at the door and, and uh, in the space of about just a short, short while, a uh, milk truck broke down and a truck with meat on it broke down right by the orphanage. And uh, this is back in the days before real, um, you know, prevalent refri refrigeration. So they couldn't really do anything with it. And so they said, hey, I know this is an orphanage. Do you guys think you could use this stuff? And so there it was. God provided miraculously. And they're just story after story after story of how God provided in all kinds of different arenas in George's life. And so uh, read that and, and let your faith be encouraged by this. And let's learn to trust the Lord in this. Um, but at the same time, you know, again, we see Joseph in Scripture. We see others who, um, you know, prepared and provided for others and those kinds of things. And uh, again, I think somewhere between those, those, you know, those ends of the spectrum, there is balance to be found. And and so let me just encourage you in that. That's really my heart on that. I don't want to strike fear, but I also I do want to encourage wisdom in that too, as we walk by faith and wisdom. So there you go. Just some thoughts on that and. Um, encourage you to to consider some of this and and uh, and again if you've got thoughts ideas suggestions and that kind of thing feel free to share it in the comment section but father we just thank you and praise you for how you do provide uh you, you know my god will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory we thank you for these truths and uh, we also thank you for all of the encouragement to walk in wisdom and to do things that are prudent and to pay attention to what's going on around us and those kinds of things so give us wisdom Help us not to walk in fear. God, help us not to walk in fear. Help us to think clearly, to trust fully, uh, to walk wisely, and to walk in faith. And so we uh, love you, Lord, and praise you for the fact that all of these things are your encouragement to us. Help us to find the balance and to walk in the convictions that you give us in this regard. Father, help us to be mindful in these days that this is not a time to be in fear, but a time to bring the gospel to the fore. This is a time for where the world is turning upside down and people are... Uh, are, are terrified of what's going on and, and, and economic reactions around the world are causing greater fear. Help us as the church, as the body of Christ, who are living for another kingdom entirely, to recognize that, uh, that, that this is an opportunity to help people understand the frailty and, the, and the, uh, the capacity of this world to fall apart. But there is a kingdom coming that will never end and will never fall apart. 
and they can become part of that kingdom and their entire world and their entire perspective can change. Of course, their eternal destinies as they put their trust in the gospel. So Father, help us to know the gospel, to be prepared to share it. Um, help us to be able to recognize opportunities to be to put hands and feet to the gospel to help provide for those who can't provide for themselves or, uh, or or just in whatever circumstance you have people knock on our doors help us to be willing to help out where we can and so we pray that you would provide where there's need that uh, lord you'd lead by your holy spirit and father again you'd help us not to walk in fear but to walk in both faith and wisdom in these days uh, because these times are requiring this of us so help us to be a light in this ever-darkening world uh, in every way that you make possible for us to be. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.